And I looked down at my heart rate monitor and my, my app was buzzing saying, should we be recording the fact that you're on a run? <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to P-Town, the podcast exploring the lives of those who live, work and play in our proud city of Preston. Hi Amy, welcome to the podcast. It's uh, strange finally speaking to you. I've heard so many people talking about the Northern Door Company. Uh, it's just a bit of a shame that we have to do this remotely. It is, unfortunately, but thank you for having me. It's the um, same. I've heard a lot about the, the podcast and listened to a lot, so it's great to be great to be on and a guest. I actually bought some of your dough the other day from uh, Waitrose. Oh, did you? <laughs> but I forgot that my oven and my grill are broken, so I was going to try the frying pan method. Mm-hmm. But you need to finish that in a grill. Yeah, unfortunately, you do need to finish it with a grill. So, but it's a really good one to try when you when your grill's back up and working. It's a gives it a real stone baked um, finish. So, once people have tried that, they tend not to go back. Ah, okay. And then I thought maybe I get one of those um, uh, blowtorch things and uh, and do the top with that. <laughs> but I'm not sure if that would have been a good idea. Probably not. Bunsen burner style. Yeah, Bunsen burner. <laughs> <laughs> so you started um, the Northern Door Company about 10 years ago. So we, we started it in 2011. Um, so Chris, my husband and I um, got married back in 2011 in, in the April. Um, and by the August, we decided that we needed a new project. And we um, had played around for years and years. It's a bit of a <clears throat> kind of an anecdote, really, that when we met at university, we always used to spend our time scheming about a, a you know a business idea that we could come up with, and we always fancied ourselves as kind of I hate the word really, but entrepreneurs. Um, and we we just we had idea after idea, all of which were terrible. And um, then we went off into kind of you know your classic corporate world and got jobs, and still kind of harboured our dreams of <clears throat> excuse me doing something together. And then in 2011, we were literally eating some homemade pizza. And when one of us, and we still can't decide which one of us had the <laughs> idea, we still argue over that. Um, when one of us said, "We, you know, we should, we should, we should do this," there's nothing in the supermarket that that allows you to recreate kind of freshly baked pizza at home in an easy way without making dough from scratch. We should do this, um, and we did. Great. <laughs> so it's it's been almost nine years of. Um, of making dough, basically. Excellent. When I went in, I saw that you do uh, lots of different varieties as well. I think I got the wholemeal one, um, but you do lots of other flavors of dough as well. Yeah. So we we started off with. So I've always worked in with retailers. Um, started off my career working with Tesco, and then moved on to Sainsbury's. <clears throat> And realized quite early on that just kind of a single product was never going to make it in the in the market if we wanted to get into supermarkets we needed a we needed a range and that's where we came up with the idea of infusing the dough with some different flavors so we had one with rosemary being a really classic kind of italian herb and then chili with the idea that people would make calzone and you know that kind of we put chili oil on the pizza at the end so why not put it in the dough and then we took that out to loads of food markets. We did everything from farmers markets with 10 other stalls to BBC um, Good Food Show at the NEC with thousands. And lots of people said to us, we want something healthier. <clears throat> so we thought, well, let's have a go with wholemeal. 
flower and see what that does. And it's it's been our second most popular product for, for about the past seven years. People absolutely love it. Nice. I saw as well that when you were starting off, you did a kind of uh, centuries version of Dragon's Den. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, <clears throat> that's That's another one of those kind of moments where you think, you know, it's one of your classic moments in any business where you kind of feel like you're moving forward um, and it's really, really exciting and you put your all into something. And it was it was a great um, experience, to be honest, doing that with Sainsbury's. They It was organised through Enterprise Nation, which is quite a big organisation now. Um, and they do, did and still do put together events for small businesses. And this one was a kind of Dragon's Den style pitch where we were asked to go as one of, I think there was about 12 small businesses at the time, and Sainsbury's were trying to find the next up and coming brands um, that they were gonna almost sponsor to launch into Sainsbury's. So we got, you know, we, we got ready, we hired a chef down in London to come and um, help us out on the day because we were too nervous to, <laughs> to cook. And we pitched their, one of their heads of trading and their head of new product development and various different people in the business in this kind of Dragon's Den style. Um, arena with loads of other people who had some fantastic products some of which actually launched into Sainsbury's and some of which have become really good friends as a result of meeting them on that day and we had fantastic feedback and we were kind of high on life and then we didn't get in um and that was one of those moments where we kind of thought that we were headed somewhere we thought that we were making that next big leap in our business journey and it and it kind of didn't come off um <clears throat> And actually, at the time, it was probably the right thing. And it taught me one of the biggest lessons that I've learned along the way is that, you know, there's a, there is a time for everything. And you take big knocks when, you, when you're kind of starting off. And something that you think is going to be the making of you actually doesn't happen. And you think, you know, am I going to just end it, end all the, mm. the, the progress now and just go back to corporate? And actually just toughing it out and waiting for the right moment is, is kind of the best thing to do sometimes. Um, because in the end we did get into Sainsbury's it wasn't for another I think two years but the timing of it was much better for us and we were able to launch in a in a in a much better way that was much more kind of sustainable for for the long term rather than just going in and and going in at the wrong time and coming straight back out again Um, because what a lot of food brands find is that they go into a, a supermarket and that's tough getting that list in the first place but actually staying there on the shelves is is really the biggest the biggest hurdle. So was it just a case of timing then, or were the the lessons that you came away from that experience with and and um, uh, changes that you made in the business? It was it was really about what we didn't realise at the time <coughs> was that for Sainsbury's um, they wanted a, a well they wanted a number of brands that were quite small and that hadn't launched anywhere else and that wasn't necessarily part of the original brief. Um, so the brands that did really well were actually quite kind of concept stage because Sainsbury's wanted a, a story for their PR teams that they could nurture small brands and really kind of grow with them and advise them. And we'd already launched into Ocado and Waitrose at that time. Um, so we just weren't the right fit. But we got so consumed with our journey that we didn't really consider, you know, the, the kind of the bigger picture. And that's that's a real classic mistake I think of a lot of people when they run their own businesses they just kind of see things from the inside um and we definitely did that and we built ourselves up for for what became a fall um 
but you know these things happen and we we look back on it now it was tough at the time but um we look back on it now and it was definitely definitely the right thing I saw that you went on to win the Sainsbury's Up and Coming Award was that particularly sweet coming back and we did yeah we did it was kind of like we were out of favour <laughs> yeah, yeah it really was actually we we it was a really nice because after being in in Sainsbury's for a year they launched a whole initiative around the best up-and-coming brands and while a lot of brands um pay to be in those features and you can kind of be involved in you know, a particular category and you pay for your slot it was something that was nominated internally within Sainsbury's so all of the buying team nominated five brands from the store and we were picked as one of them and I remember <laughs> remember sitting with my heart rate monitor on my wrist, you know, my um, Fitbit at the time. And they announced our category, which was the last one of the whole night. And my nerves were just in my throat. And I looked down at my heart rate monitor and my my app was buzzing saying, should we be recording the fact that you're on a run? <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in this auditorium and I, and I, I almost turned to Chris and said, I'm going to have to go because I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I'm going to actually pass out with just the adrenaline. So when we won, I don't remember um, what happened because it was, I mean, it's a supermarket award, so it seems yeah. a bit silly, but it just meant so much to to win that and to get that recognition both from within the buying team at Sainsbury's and then to have, I think it was around about 10,000 people voted for it. So um, just to have that validation really after after spending the best part of I think it was about five years fighting our way onto the shelves yeah. to then have that accolade was was just lovely um and then went out and celebrated and became really quite uh, merry afterwards <laughs> <laughs> I bet. yeah so that was a, that was a fun night <clears throat> and I know that in the early days you were still working your full-time job and you had the family and you were working um the farmer's markets at the weekends so to get this recognition was it like um encouragement was it the timing right for it kind of encourage you to carry on yeah it was it was really good timing because I'd left my job in the as we won that award in the November I'd left my full-time job earlier that year and um, I think it takes quite a long time to get out of the corporate mindset and kind of feel just find your way you're so used to being set objectives and working in a team and I kind of struggled through the first part of it wondering exactly how to you know work for myself in a way that was really productive so to get through those first initial months and then um you know and then and then get to the point where we were where we were receiving recognition was was great um because you, you kind of forget when you get to this point and you're kind of doing it full time and you're a few years into into doing it you forget all of those early days of bbc good food shows that were 20 hour days or you know, I used to work full time and then we used to head to the bakery and then pack all the stock by hand on an evening for four or five hours <clears throat> to make sure it was ready to go out in a delivery in the morning. And um, yeah, you, you kind of there's a, there's a lot of people that kind of say, oh, you must be so successful because you're in a supermarket, which I always find a bit strange because it never feels like it when you're mm. you know, like a day like today when you sit at home working in your pajamas wondering, <laughs> what, on earth you're, <laughs> wondering what on earth you're doing still nine years yeah. in um it never really fe- you never really feel that you've got anywhere because you're just kind of fighting the next battles of mm. you know whatever whatever challenges are facing you at that particular time but um but it is nice to look back sometimes and think about those early days of standing at a farmer's market in the freezing cold and selling three boxes yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, 
um, just just reflecting on kind of how how many how many stages you've been through to get to to get to where you are. I really love the playfulness of your branding on the website, the products itself. Um, it's really cool. Was there ever a temptation when you got into the supermarkets um, to start to sort of change that to become a little bit more uh, mainstream esque or a little bit less um, quirky and playful? Um, I think the, I think there could have been <coughs> one of the things that we've never done um, to um, well against advice, which is kind of normally my style, but um, we've never taken investment. Um, so we've grown in a really, really slow, organic way, which is not how most brands that go into supermarkets do it. They tend to create something and then want to launch very quickly into lots of different outlets because it's a low value product. And obviously you need a lot of sales to kind of fuel it. Um, but we didn't go down that route. We kind of really just plugged away at it. Like you said before, I kept a full time job so that we didn't have the pressure of actually making money out of it for quite a few years um so we've always had the the luxury really of making our own decisions um and one of the things that I wanted to do when we rebranded last year was was inject a load of fun um that's what we stand for as a brand we stand for kind of getting hands-on in the kitchen being really accessible to people and giving people in a busy life just a moment of doing something that's a bit you know just a, just a stand still, make some pizza with your kids, make some mm -hmm. pizza with your mates and just get hands on. And I actually worked with Wash on um, Winkley Square on the branding. Oh yeah, yeah. And they just got it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember sitting in the briefing meeting with with a bunch of people who I didn't know particularly well, who have all now become really good friends and just seeing how much they understood what we were trying to do with that playfulness mm. and you know, to kind of make it functional, it's a very functional product. Um, you know, being a dough, it's not sexy like a chocolate or an IPA beer or that kind of thing. <laughs> it is, you know, it is quite functional and they manage to maintain the the kind of the clarity of it's dough, it's pizza dough, but add all of that illustration around it to really make it fun and bring out the engagement in it. And I just I love it and I'm so proud of what we what we were able to do together. Um, and what wash were able to bring to it it just worked perfectly yeah even on the box it said it had defrost instructions and it also said if you want a super secret way <laughs> to check out our website yeah. as well so it wasn't just it's not just the design but the whole ethos the whole tone yeah. around it yeah the tone of it we, yeah and it's it's what i loved about wash as well is that you know with the northern doco you know we kind of we play on on our region we're very proud of of kind of where we come mm. from but we didn't want the cliches we want yeah. we wanted the down-to-earth aspects we wanted the accessibility aspects and the kind of the straight talking and, and again with the tone um, it's lovely to hear that that comes across because that's exactly what we were going for was that real kind of you know just just to make people smile and yeah. uh and to just have a bit of fun so so yeah I think I think it does work and it, it you know every time somebody says I love your packaging it, it kind of it makes me, yeah, it makes me really happy. Have you ever found being a Northern company an obstacle or uh, a drawback in any way? Um, I, being completely honest, and I hate to say this, but yes, in a way, um, mainly because of geography. Um, so I've found over the years that whenever I've been involved in anything, um, it's always been very London centric. 
So the main supermarkets are all based, you know, Tesco are down in the in the southeast, as are Sainsbury's right in the heart of London. <clears throat> obviously, we've got some supermarkets that, are, you know, we've got Asda Morrison's over towards Yorkshire and, and Booth's obviously was the first supermarket that we ever got into. But particularly when it comes to anything to do with networking, you know, all of the stuff that we've ever done pitch wise, all the events that we've been involved in, they're all within London in the food industry. Um, there's a big organization called the Food Hub, which provides lots of like kind of peer to peer support for, for startup food brands over on Facebook. All the events tend to be in London. Um, you know, so I do find it quite um, isolating sometimes to be a northern brand just in just in the geographical sense. Um, but there has been um, I've got two very good friends, actually, who, who are also in the food industry. And we, we kind of pride ourselves on being Northwesterners. Um, so one of them's Kirsty Henshaw, and she's she's a, a Preston girl as well, and Jane Hines, who runs Kidyum, the um, the kids' food brand. So we kind of get together um, fairly regularly and make sure that we represent the Northwest in the Northwest. <laughs> yeah, and to do it in a way that's not um, not like a, playing on a stereotype to 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 um, represent the the best of the Northwest, the best mm. of being a Northerner, and not being about you know just butter pies and uh stuff like that yeah yeah definitely and and it's yeah it is it is nice to be able to to kind of go to London events and and be able to be proud of that that heritage as well because there is there is a little bit of snobbery around you know particularly around all the startups in in the in the immediate London area they network very very closely together so it is nice to infiltrate that and show them that we can do it really well up here too now and again yeah damn right (laughs) Your um, Instagram is really good as well. I notice you get a lot of interaction from people posting pictures of um, pizzas they've baked and stuff like that. Was did, did the social media help you get where you were, or is it that um, because you've established yourself as you are that the social media has has sort of come and supported and the community has grown? No, I, I think I think it's both. To be honest, I think um, one of the things that I've never done is hand my social media over to anybody else. So I think part of that authenticity of that people see through the the channels that that they engage with so well is that it is us. You know, so when we talk about getting your family together in the kitchen, it's my family that I photograph, or I, you know, I have my five year old doing an instructional video on how to make pizza, or you know whatever it is it's kind of and it is time consuming everybody knows that but it's something that um I think when people see that kind of I suppose it is authenticity it's a bit of a cliched word to use but when they see that it is believable because it's real um and when people believe in it they are much more likely to to kind of support it and and mm. hashtag and share and do all of those things that that actually for a small brand like ours has a massive impact to get the, the awareness out there. Um, and the situation recently has shown that in, in buckets really, because we've had so many more people going into the supermarket, so many more people going down the frozen aisle that wouldn't necessarily go down there picking us up because they're kind of thinking, Oh, that looks like something fun to do at home while we're, while we're on lockdown. Yeah. And then that sharing is just encouraging more sharing and more sharing and more sharing. And, the more that I interact with all of those people individually and then they realize that it is just us. And it's not a kind of, you know, oh, I'm speaking to 
the person behind the brand. It's there's none of that, um, you know, that vanity about it. It's just that it is real. It's not an agency that's trotting out, you know, standard responses or anything. It's yeah. me saying, "Oh, how lovely that you're cooking with your kids. I did that with mine this afternoon, and we made a right mess." You know, <laughs> it's that kind of genuine interaction. Um, I just, I just really believe in it, even though it takes on <laughs> every single one of my weekend nights. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think it's really refreshing, really nice to see that that level of um, authenticity on social media, because there's um, a plethora of sort of fake authenticity, and I think when people see something that's that's genuine, and as you say, you've got your kids there um, doing the videos and showing you how to make a pizza and stuff like that. Um, that it's really nice. It's kind of like a, just this little spot, uh, this little island of authenticity and just the regular Instagram posts and selfies and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think and I think it's important, isn't it? Because if you, you know, people have taken the time to do something and they've taken the time and I'd still am blown away by anybody, literally anybody who takes the time to write to me and say, I really loved that. That was, I had a really lovely time with my three-year-old or now I have my mates around and we had a pizza party. I, I just can't, I still can't believe that people take the time to do that. And I write back to them and say, it really does mean a lot that you, the you kind words mean a lot. And I think just acknowledging those interactions between people and saying, thank you, it, it just leaves everybody feeling nicer about the world, yeah. doesn't it? So yeah. as time consuming as it can be, it, it kind of does no end of, of good for me and Chris, we kind of sit on the sofa, you know, at night with a glass of wine and kind of go, oh, God, look at this pizza that somebody's made. How amazing. <laughs> Somebody posted a pizza that they'd made that was in the shape of a fish today. And I just thought, wow. that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Not only have they made a pizza in the shape of a fish because they'd had one on holiday, they then took the time to to, to contact us to share it. I, I just find it astounding. Yeah. And it's just lovely every time. It never, ever gets old. With everyone on lockdown, I know people are doing a lot more uh, baking and stuff like that. And apparently there was a, a yeast shortage. How has the, the COVID-19 coronavirus lockdown affected your business or, you know, has it affected it in, in any way? Yeah, the, the sales have, have gone through the roof. We've seen anything up to 300% wow. increases on usual sales. Um, it's been quite it's been quite phenomenal and as I I do find it a little bit of a strange one because obviously you know it's it's great when your business is growing but it's awful when it's for a a kind of a reason that that is causing so much suffering um and I suppose the only thing that I'm taking from it is that in the chaos and again this is the feedback that I'm seeing from people writing to us through social and dms and hashtags and all the rest of it is just that we are providing a nice little moment for people you know that they might have gone out yeah. to they might have gone and treated themselves to a takeaway and instead they've chosen to make something or um you know they might have they might have otherwise made bread from scratch and actually they've realized that this is an easy way to do something else that's fun so I'm kind of that's how I'm balancing it out <laughs> <laughs> so as much as I'm kind of conscious that it's it's it is a bit of a strange time um, and we're working really hard to keep on top of the increase in orders and not disappoint anybody. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, it is providing a little bit of nice respite for people. So, Yeah, it's not like you're a uh, tobacco company or something like that. <laughs> no, no. And thankfully, we haven't got a flower shortage. I believe my understanding is the flower shortage is 
all and the and the yeast shortages all about packaging in tiny packages. There isn't an actual national flour oh, okay. shortage. It's the physical packaging of them in the small. Yeah. So uh. nobody needs to worry that their uh, sliced loaves and everything else won't be, uh, won't be available. All the, all the all the big bakeries have still got plenty. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I had um, a question for Chris, actually. Uh, well, not specifically just for Chris, but he I saw his favourite piece was the calzone. I had a, a calzone in Paris once, and when I uh, cut into it, it, like an egg yolk come out. So the question was, uh, egg in calzone, is that a, should, is there a place for an egg in a calzone? Oh, I, I, do you know what? I've never put an egg in a calzone, and Chris hasn't either, but that might be something that we need to try over the week. It's, it's our youngest son's birthday this weekend. He's four. And uh, we said, what what would you, what do you want, PT? And he said, obviously, being well-trained, uh, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris will make his calzone, so m- maybe he needs to try that this weekend and see uh, see how it works. I don't know whether it will cook through right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know how they did it, actually. But um, when I cut into it, it was... You know, the, the yolk came out, so right. maybe some mad skills. Yeah, I don't know. The timing of, a, you know, making a, a Fiorentina style you know, with an egg on top, the yeah. classic pizza, the timing of that's always a bit tricky because, you know, you want a little bit of the runny egg, and mm. but you want the white to be cooked through. Um, getting it right in a calzone is a, a, real, uh, it's a real pro move, that yeah. one. <laughs> I tried another tip off your Instagram, actually, that I saw. It was using the... Instead of a tomato pizza base, it was like an Indusa uh, sauce that you got from Waitrose. Oh, the yeah, I never quite know how to say Nduja. The uh, yeah, the it's like a salami paste, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I bought all my ingredients: the Indusa, the mozzarella, and then got back home and realised uh, my grill was broke. Oh, nightmare! Well, if under normal circumstances, I would offer to make you one, but obviously we'll be fined. So. <laughs> All summer long, we have the pizza oven going outside and people round, obviously. So, uh, uh, sounds very nice. So, uh, what else are you working on? Are you working on any new flavors or um, any other projects? Yeah, so we've um, been working for quite some time on um, some new products, um, which launch. I can't say too much about them because I have various different agreements with different people who will be. Um, ordering them from us to the old secret squirrel right until the last minute <laughs> to build the tension. Um, but yeah, there's, there's new products in the pipeline that are due to be launching in autumn this year. So Great. Um, all the usual Preston people will get plenty of samples ahead of time to give me uh, <laughs> to give me some feedback and tell me nice. hopefully how good they are. Um, but it's, it's kind of, we, we always set out to be a bakery company, not a pizza dough company. So we want to, um, give people lots of other opportunities to get hands-on with 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 baking it's kind mm. of hands-on without the hassle so hopefully those will go well and we can we can launch those into into the end of this year and the beginning of next you should um do you know uh, make do drink i love make do drink yeah i'm always there you should do a workshop with them on uh, making pizzas we have we've worked we've we've worked on we yeah you've taken the idea right out of the right out of the uh, we we met in plow and talked about it all no so we've we've got some um we had we had a, a little bit of a setback last year where where the, the the place where we were manufacturing unfortunately had a fire um so we had to we had loads of things that were all exciting and planned and we had to pull back on a lot of things just to focus on um kind of saving saving the business that we had and kind of you know 
just it was all hands to the pump to sort things out and just make sure we could keep going um but they the make do drink was was due again it's kind of every time I get back on board <laughs> with chatting to make do drink we, we have a national or low level crisis but we will do it um and we've got some we've got some really good plans to maybe do some pizza Fantastic. and beer pairing nights and you know getting hands-on in different ways so we're all over that great yeah. I look forward to that yeah definitely yeah and they, and they do such a good job with their events as well I've been to quite a few just as a a guest and they're really good fun yeah i have a lot of friends have uh, been to their events always talking uh, very highly of them yeah they're, they're, it's just what's really nice and it's similar to our product actually and it's why i why i spoke to them ages ago is it just it's a really nice thing to do where you don't have to have the pressure of sitting in front of loads of people you can just kind mm. of get on with something do something with your hands that's creative and then the conversation flows in a different way yeah um We've, we've heard that from people with, you know, teenagers and all sorts. It's kind of like, oh, you know, they're going through a bit of a tough time, but they will come in the kitchen and, and cook when they don't have to, you know, make eye contact and whatever. And I, I love that about about what we do, but also what about what Make Do Drink do as well. You don't have the pressure of chatting to a load of strangers, you know, one-to-one, but you end up coming out of one of their events having made a load of new friends. So yeah. it works really well. Good. Well, it's been really nice having you on. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered? No, I don't think so. It was just really nice to talk to you finally. And, uh, yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, well, thanks very much. And uh, I hope to speak to you on the other side. Yeah, you too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, take Bye. care. Thanks ever so much. Bye.